This is Bragg, the son of Balan, and you're listening to Light the Beacons, a Lotro podcast. Welcome to the world of Middle-earth. Tirith, the beacons are lit. Lotro calls for aid. And Brog shall answer. Amon Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen and Comet and Cupid and all the other guys. Uh, and Dean, too. Somewhere in the foothills of Farinorian, hope is burned to a cinder. Welcome back to Interruptus Vocalis, where the phone rings every time I'm trying to record a podcast. Uh, Grima, edit that out, will you? No, I don't think I will. You better. You better. I'm going to check. Uh, welcome back to Light the Beacons, the uh, only Lotro podcast that dares to say it's really sorry for everything it's done. This is episode number 93, Twas Meant to Be, and I am your host, Bragg of the Lonely Mountain, the Sultan of Shields, Wipe the Earl of Agro, Vanquisher of the Depths, and Dwarf of Ill Repute, broadcasting live from temporary LTB MEWHQ. Here in Og Hare, you can hear the dancing tribal gypsy music of Og Hare in the background as it sings out. And why am I in Og Hare, might you say? Well, uh, because of the latest patch in the release notes that discusses. I, I remember starting a beacon from this very vantage point. I am uh, on the northern edge of Og Hare, um, in the little gap between the stone walls that protect it from. The, uh, the dangers of Angmar. There is a wooden postal overbo- overhead that is square with, uh, with diagonal brackets. It's got small tapestries hanging from the sides that look like they are festooned with a design. Let me see that picture. I've never even looked at it before, I don't think. It looks like a, a fanciful dragon, almost like a Chinese dragon with claws in every direction. They don't have trouble with dragons here in Angmar, do they? Well, I guess back in the old days. Or if you head all the way east on the map to get your dragon scales for your guardian class quests in Dalroth, um, I guess maybe there's a few others sprinkled around. Certainly Skywalker in Gorathlad comes to mind. Who else? Who else? Well, there's some dragons in the rift. There is a very large dragon by the name of Lugrian in Urgarth. So, okay, maybe there are some dragon problems here. And certainly if you head down into the Ram Duath or up to uh, Nadnathair, you might uh, find some as well. So I guess that explains the dragon motif. Um, and that doesn't explain why the phone is ringing again. Grandma, take it off the hook, will you please? Ugh, hang on. Okay, we're back once again. Grandma, can you edit that part out? And there any edits? God, I need, I need a new assistant. Somebody, somebody, please give me a new assistant. If he wasn't so gall darn cute. Uh, so we are broadcasting live from outside the gates of O'Hare, as I mentioned. There's the music cue again. And uh, the reason I'm here is because of the recent note in the release notes regarding new territory in the western foothills of Angmar, which is available. But we'll talk about that a little bit later on another beacon. I bet you didn't expect to hear from me so soon after the last episode. Uh, Well, I didn't want to leave that bad taste in your mouths uh, before the holiday. And um, duty is calling me away. So you probably won't hear from me again until the Ides of 2019-ish. So we thought we'd try to jam an episode in right before the Christmas break. I'm feeling festive, dancing in my chair, wrapping gifts, I'm hanging tinsel all over Moria, and uh, but we don't have time to dilly-dally today, so we better move on to our next beacon. Which brings us to Elanok. As usual, we got to first deal with a lot of C-R-A-M-P, 
especially around the holidays, I'm sure you all know. So last amount we offended anyone that prefers crystal clear audio for their viewing pleasure. Really sorry about that one. Blame a bad driver, maybe, but I think think Grima has finally got it fixed. Maybe he'd better maybe he'd be better IT support if he wasn't already always pretending to be a DJ. And to everyone else that was offended, we offer a solemn and very heartfelt sorry. Now, on the other hand, we have an item from last week on our Christmas list, uh, our Christmas slice section from the last podcast that has already come true. So I want to tout, you know, I throw so much junk against the wall. When something sticks, I got to call it out. So items on my Christmas list, release the eighth cosmetic slot outside of the bloated bundle, which is now no longer available. And what did they do in the last release this past week? They released the eighth cosmetic slot, which is now available in the Lotro store. Finally, if you go to your cosmetics tab and click on that last tab, the eighth one, uh, the option will come up. It costs 495 Lotro points in the store, uh, which I would have been upset about, except for the fact that it is account-wide. Account-wide eighth cosmetic slot, which makes it, in my opinion, a pretty big bargain. And there are some really nice cosmetics that came out with the Arid Mithrin release. Uh, in the Grey Mountains, there are some nice things available, some some cool cosmetics, and obviously uh, some nice new stuff that also came out with the latest Winter Festival. So here's your chance to display some of those quickly and easily in your brand spanking new 8th cosmetic slot. Very excited about that. Also, one of the items on my Christmas list was connecting up the land masses in the game. Uh, from the Misty Mountains to the Vales of Anduin to Arid Mithrin. Well, as it turns out, I saw Twitter postings this week of people noticing revised Grimbjorn House and Vale of Anduin area graphics, which seems to indicate they are laying the groundwork to make this a reality in an upcoming patch. I actually went back and looked at the release notes from the last producer's letter we had in May recently, and one of the things they outlined there that they had uh, as a future objective was to connect up land masses in the game around that area. So they, they had it in the plan for a long time. Uh, that was a formal thing. You know, sometimes those things come to fruition. Sometimes they get pushed to the wayside like Minas Morgul and Shelob did. But in this case, it looks like that connection may be imminent uh, with maybe even being released with the raid that was coming out. I expect to come out over the next few weeks in-game. Which would be pretty exciting, actually. So, to be able to uh, connect up with Northern Mirkwood or Lothlorien to head north into the Vale of Anduin and east to the Great Mountains or to Dale and Erebor will be uh, quite exciting indeed. So, those are two predictions for, or requests from the Christmas list that have already come true. We're on our way to a Celebramos holiday. Uh, viewer comments. Let's check the leaderboard. The last review of the podcast was left by Pomdier on August 14th of 2018, and he still has our high score. As always, if you want to join this ragtag Fugitive Fleet of Reviewers, then what you can do is just leave me an iTunes review, or alternatively, if you file a bug report with SSG containing the secret code word Rosebud, spelled out with the first letter of each line, Grima Spies will hack their database and provide me your feedback forthwith. Let's move on to viewer feedback. Agree to disagree. Uh, Bragginthorn says, Awesome show, Bragg. I love your Lotro Christmas list. What happened to the LI revamp? Indeed. Did they forget or did SSG need to make some cash? Well, an LI revamp certainly doesn't necessarily earn them a lot of cash, but it might earn them some goodwill, which would cause uh, perhaps people to stick with the game longer. So you'd have to think... Hopefully it's in the mix for 2019, amongst other priorities. Uh, he says, thanks again for the current info. I did not know about the essence slot change. That's a big bloody deal right there. I think he's referring to the fact that you didn't have to uh, remove essences before applying new ones. You can now overwrite them without using an essence reclamation school. Uh, my current strategy on this is, you know, I played long and hard for the Northern Kingdom essences. So when I have those gold Northern Kingdom essences, I'm actually unslotting those and saving them. But anything prior to that, any of the abyssal essences or empowered abyssal essences or anything prior to that era, I am just overwriting. It's not worth uh, the marks and medallions to buy an essence removal scroll. Uh, that's that's my take on it, at least. 
Um, Braggenthorn says that Rush is pretty awesome, still to this day underrated. Don't forget to get some Slayer in there for balance. Uh, I, I agree that Slayer will bring you balance, especially if you crank up the EQ. Uh, Braggenthorn made a Bjorning on Landy because of the changes coming soon. Care Bear all the way. LOL. Terry Adwin on Lotro Players News must hate me now. Yeah, she hates those OP furballs, certainly. And uh, they seem to be at least early returns. I haven't done a lot of research on this yet, but I heard a couple people comment that they may be more EOP. So my bear is sitting at 107 right now. Uh, and I'm kind of glad that I didn't take him into mortar yet and level him up to 115 because it's going to give me more opportunity to play through the revised uh, skills and get a feel for him uh, as I'm leveling up to level cap. So I think right now, last I, well, he's in Frost Bluff right now, picking up sacks of presents. But uh, on the game, he was basically at Far and Orion. So there's a lot of content out there. He could play through. Um, be fun to see a bear running around in Mordor and seeing how he does there. And as I said, it'll give me a, a good feel for the changes before I try to take him into any cap level content. Let me see. Down with bears. Ha, ha, ha. Yes. Uh, Merry Christmas, Terry Adwin. Uh, Merry Christmas, says Braggenthorn. Happy Yule, Happy New Year, Happy Beacon Lighting, Master Dwarf. Braggenthorn, as always, thanks for writing in. I uh, really do appreciate it. I hope you have happy and wonderful holidays heading your way as well. So what's going on in Twitter? Twitter, 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 Twitter. Well, uh, there was a tweet from Andang this past week that he mentioned he has located... Uh, in the archives, lost Middle Earth lore audio files, and he uh, sent out a request if LTV could provide video accompaniment. Since the past, I've created my audio for the video of Middle Earth lore. He wants to know if I can now provide video for the audio content, and the answer to that is a resounding no, because it sounds like a lot of work, which I imagine is why you didn't. You know, if I want to provide an audio file, I could just drone on and on and, and throw out a bunch of garbage like I do for most of my podcasts. Uh, but video files, I don't know. That's a lot to ask for. But uh, maybe for the viewers out there, maybe just the viewers will get the uh, video content. So if you're currently viewing this podcast, uh, keep an eye out for that in an upcoming episode. Community Spotlight. I wanted to make a shout out to an old Kinmaiden game that I had not seen in maybe, I don't know, six or seven years. Valakor of Eriador's Knights from Vilia, my very first kinship in Lotro, dating back almost 11 years now, gave me a shout out. We ended up in a Storvagun instance uh, for Frostbluff, and uh, we vanquished the giant and so forth. And. Um, I didn't even recognize, you know, I didn't look very closely at the names when I joined the group, and he, he gave me a shout-out. It was really fun to see him playing the game after so many years. So, uh, you know, brought us back to a couple minutes of exchanging messages about uh, anyone else we knew from the kid that was still in game and what's going on. Always fun to see. If there's any Eriador's Knights out there from Vilia, please give me a shouting game. It would be fun to catch up and talk about old times. Uh, the forums... I have been out to the forums. There's some pitchforks and torches and angry mobsters. And uh, what I read about mostly was outcry about the ability to... So there was an individual that posted in the forums an issue with the fact that there is now the ability to grind Storvagun Tier 2 on multiple alts and earn gold essences and then pull them all to one character to make that one character OP. So let me let me unpack that a little bit. So Storvagun was one of the festival instances that came out for the Winter Festival. Uh, it's a Helgrod boss from the vault, same as they did with Thrang in the summer instance. Uh, and I got a lot of run out of Thrang and actually got some good loot to help gear my tunes up in, in a couple different cases, including a nice Lash Fragment, which uh, Bragg is still uh, sporting in his pocket. So Storvagun, same idea. And if you look at the rewards available for the Storvagun raid, what happens is um, if you run it successfully 10 times on tier 2, you earn two essence boxes. And one of them is a gold essence box that's better than any essence you can get as a drop in the game right now, probably until the raid comes out, I'm guessing. And there's one that's a tier lower than that. I'm guessing it's a teal, but I'm not sure. I'd have to take a closer look at it. So after 10 runs of Storvagun, you can earn an essence. And uh, the complaint is that people that have multiple alts in the game 
can run Storvagon every day with each of those alts. And if they do it for 10 straight days with 10 alts, uh, then they can earn 10 gold essences. And basically, since the essences are not are bind to account and not to character, they can pool all those essences onto one character and make that character OP. That would be basically the best build you could have in the game, assuming you had you know top level gear. Um, the essences are were estimated at about 1.65 times more powerful than current essences in the game. So it's like having three essence slots for everybody else's too. You know, you have a full, almost a full set of new essence slots uh, available to you if, if you're if you're using those. And uh, the person thought that was unfair, saying, hey, you know, I only have a single character, I can't do this, and now people that do do this are going to be picked over me in raids. Um, you know, it should be fair footing, especially around festival content, uh, that, you know, you shouldn't be able to load up on one character. His argument was those, those items should be bound to character and not bound to account. Well, there was quite a festoon over this in the... Uh, in the in the forums, people talking back and forth about uh, the merits of that position and so forth. Uh, but, I mean, the way I look at it is this. If you're really running that instance 10 times a day for 10 days to earn the essences for 10 alts, think about, I mean, it's, so I've run two of those instances and one group succeeded and the other failed. And uh, it was not a walkover. I mean, if you're well-geared and you have a well-geared group and you're pugging, I mean, if you have a raid group, right, or your kin group that you know and everyone's well-geared, it probably is a walk. But even so, it's still going to take 20 to 30 minutes to organize and run it. And uh, if, you're, if you're not, if you're pugging it, you know, and you have a grab bag of folks that haven't worked together before, uh, I would say, you know, chances are maybe that you would not be able to um, finish it successfully and even if you did it might take a little bit of time so uh, in any event let's say it takes a half hour per run times 10 runs you're running Storvagon tier 2 5 hours a day every day for 10 days straight <laughs> okay uh, sheesh you deserve to be OP if you do that bro have, have at it Hoss uh, I can barely get in one run a day I, I've, I think I've run two in all the time it's come out in the last week and a half um, yeah, that guy might get picked for a raid in front of you, but he's earned it. And, uh, you know, having multiple alts versus one um, is not just a playstyle difference. That is, you know, 50 plus hours of gameplay commitment on top of whatever it took him to level all 10 of those tunes up to cap level in order to qualify for the tier 2, you know, cap level run. You know, I would say don't worry about it. There should be enough raids to go around. And, uh, you know, when the raid comes out that uh, you should be able to find a spot, especially if you're that serious about the game that you're upset about this. I'm sure you have really good gear and you're going to do just fine. Um, and if you don't, hey, you can always start your own raid. You know the raid that you're always accepted to? The one that you agree to lead. So, uh, let's move on. In this week's action-packed episode, we're going to talk a little bit about what we've been doing in-game these past few weeks. We're going to do a live look-in at the new Angmar landscape. Uh, we are going to throw out some rehashed, retread old material that I didn't have time to prepare. And lastly, if we have any time remaining, we will go have some eggnog. Sure, why not? So, uh, if we want to have time for that, though, we better get moving. To the third beacon of Nardal. So let's talk about uh, this week in gaming and or other Tokian news. Uh, let me see. What have we been doing recently? Well, over the holidays, I'm hoping to get some Dungeons & Dragons in. And aside from that, I, I did make a little bit of progress on Half-Life uh, in the past week or two. And aside from that, just doing some festival content and uh, leveling up my Cappy and Lotro. We'll talk about Lotro in a bit, but, you know, the big thing is there's more games that coming around the holidays, right? I think we got another five days until Christmas, and there's probably going to be a few video games in that hall under the tree. You know that thing where your spouse tells you you overdid it in terms of buying presents for the kids, and you bought too many video games, and then you go back out and buy two more on top of that uh, of what you already had? Uh, because they seem like good deals and you kind of wanted them to yeah that's me so uh you know mrs bragg might have some trouble with me 
I'm going to have to maybe hide those at the back of the tree and wait till she goes to get her coffee. Take those out. And uh, my present for Christmas, I'm going to ask for uh, somehow to find the time to play all those games at some point in time before my life ends. What's going on in movies and TV? Well... There are a bunch of movies that are coming out that look relatively interesting. Uh, uh, I am tentatively, you know, I don't know what the word to call it is, uh, tentatively slash apprehensively uh, interested in seeing Aquaman. I think there's going to be parts of it that are CGI overload that'll be terrible, and I do think there are some action sequences that look pretty neat and some graphics that look pretty cool, and, uh, you know, maybe one of the better DC movies. I've actually read one or two reviews out there since it's been playing overseas where it's already made $300 million internationally. So it looks like it's going to be a hit regardless of what it does in the U.S. But I've read some some initial reviews that say it's amongst the best of the DC movies. I know that's like saying you're the tallest dwarf. Hey, watch it, buddy. But, uh, you know, in, in that case, you are up against Wonder Woman, which I did enjoy very much. And... Uh, Maybe some of the original Batman movies from Chris Nolan, which are highly regarded. So, uh, I'm intrigued by it. Uh, also, still out there, Green Book and Widows, which I, both of which I very much want to see. I've not gotten a chance to yet. Uh, I've heard very, very good reviews for the Transformers movie Bumblebee. Never thought I'd ever go see a Transformers movie again. But it is actually the highest rated movie, both in terms of critics and audiences walking out of the movies of uh, everything that's premiered this week it's up in the high 90s so heck if it's good i'll go see it if it really is good i like Haley steinfeld she's she's fun actress so who knows and then mary poppins returns of course and then next week for the holidays just to add another interesting counterpoint to all those movies sherlock and holmes with will ferrell and uh, john o'reilly um you know i don't know if it's going to be good but it's going to have some good bits in it. You know those guys are going to have some fun. Uh, so that's looking that's looking pretty exciting. So a lot of movies out there to see. Hopefully we'll check off at least a few of those over the, the holidays over the next few weeks. From a Road Tropes perspective, I did want to mention, I am hoping that we'll get some kind of producer's letter in the offing over the next two weeks if uh, history holds true where we'll firm up a few of the uh, things that we think are in store for 2019. I am hoping for my first episode in January 2019 to discuss predictions and uh, maybe review some of those I made this past year, uh, as is tradition as well. So what's Bragman doing in-game? He, uh, he got the new horse and the new emote for the Winter Festival, though the new emote looks an awful lot like the fountain one that they had before with some very subtle snowflakes inserted, so not sure how much. I was hoping it would be more of an ice crystal cloud, but uh, anyway... If it's an emote, I'll usually grind for it. So I have that one now. Um, I've been opening daily presents with my alts by doing one task or quest uh, for each of them, which is usually either yelling at the snow beasts or carrying kegs, as per usual. And just don't get my sack of presents in case I can earn a hobby horse. Yes, I know you can pay for them in-game now with embers, but still... I'm a traditionalist. Uh, I still have one character only that has the hobby horse, which is my level 58 RK. Um, so I've noticed that the presents now seem... I re, they've changed the loot table, I'm convinced, from last... I think last year was the first year. Uh, to basically give marks or medallions or tokens or a wintry yule cap. Um, and after a couple days when that's all I had, I thought maybe they'd taken the stat tombs out. Now, since then... Um, in two days I've gotten three stat tombs but it was a will tome tier one an agility tome tier one and a fate tome tier one notice a trend here it seems like I used to get random tomes and now it seems like only the tier one tomes are available from the sack of presents which I think sucks that is disappointing I mean everyone's gonna have tier one tomes there's gonna be no market for them everyone needs higher level tomes it, it stimulates the economy economy so I'm a little upset uh, regarding that move, unfortunate. Uh, what else is Bragman doing? He ran a Thrumfall Tier 1. It was very easy. We had a good group. They taught me a little bit about how to do that uh, instance in a small fellowship. 
in the final boss fight where basically if you're a tank you stand behind the stalag stalactites and yell fray the edge at the guy and basically don't move you know maybe pop out and shoot an arrow at him every once in a while uh, try to grab an ad or two when they come out but um, if you do that then it uh, seems like it's basically pretty easy they told me it was too dangerous to stand toe to toe with the dragon which I did when I was solo obviously uh, so maybe they really uh, soup up the fire damage uh, aura uh, when you get to the small fellowship level I also run uh, two Storvagun Tier 2s. Uh, the first time I was with a very solid group where I was basically the off tank in charge of scooping up the ads as they came on board. And that strategy seems to work uh, pretty darn well. Uh, as I mentioned, if you do two, 10 runs of Storvagun Tier 2, you get two essences. Uh, besides that, you get some festival tokens and some modes of enchantment. The second run I did didn't go so well. Um, they recruited me and then told me that they didn't have an off tank and they just wanted me to scoop up everything. So I was able to last through that for the most part uh, with a decent healer. But there's a big push at the end, you know, where Storvagun does a giant fist uh, slam into the ground that brings everybody's health down at least by half. And then a double load of storm, uh, storm beasts come out and pound on you and they hit pretty hard. Uh, so I was kind of half tanking, half kiting, half running. Hoping that they could, the uh, our DPS can burn down Storvagun before I lost, but uh, but I did not make it. I was I was killed, and uh, that's an instance where you can run back into the instance at any time up until basically the last phase, which is where you would really need it, where the um, the what do you call them avalanches on the sides of the arena basically become so severe that you can't run through them even with a speed buff. So. Uh, the annoying part of this instance is it takes like at least 20 minutes, but it's a little bit boring and basically comes down to the last minute. And I believe our DPS was just not fast enough, or maybe it was me, tank was just not hard enough, um, to be able to last through that last minute, which is where the big, uh, which is where the big kind of, uh, you know, push is, basically. And it becomes a DPS race at that point. So... To make myself feel better about that and uh, make myself a bit hardier as I often do when I fail an instance, I went out and bought myself a brand new pair of teal pants for I think 3500 embers, toughened myself up a little bit, and hopefully if we have a group that's not super stellar like the first one I ran with, uh, maybe I'll be just hardy enough to give them a little extra time next time out. I haven't decided yet if I'm getting, if I'm going to run Storvigan 10 times. I think I'll probably try, but given that I'm going to be away a good part of uh, the next uh, uh, day for the for the holiday coming up, I'm not sure if I'm going to get a chance to uh, do it enough times. I guess there is usually uh, an encore though later in January, so I'll, I'll probably chip away at it and see if uh, see if it makes sense to do so. My mini's been idle. My cappy is at level 119. It's finished off Stormwall storyline and just needs to finish off the Thornholt uh, Forest and Thickle Gundu areas to finish all the stories in Arid Mithrin so hopefully he'll be on his way to 120 and being able to run some simple instances soon so basically since I talked to you last he finished Dumguru, the Withered Heath, Scarhold, Glimmerdeep and Stormwall uh, my Loremaster has been idle, my Berg idle, Hunter uh, basically finishing up the wastes so I only needed, I needed two things to finish up the deeds in the waste with that character. The one is to complete the Leaders Beneath the Hill instance, and I was running the solo instances there in Squarunk and the Towers of the Teeth. Um, basically you need 24 bosses to finish that deed. So with an accelerator that's 12 instances or 6 daily runs of both. So I got to the end of that and got some decent rewards for the level the Hunter's at. And then the only deed I had left was to get to celebrated rep for the area meta deed because I had the highest rep levels with the armors, provisioners, and weaponists from the camp of the host. So all I needed was the celebrated rep for the area. And uh, I was already in honor, honored status. So I was so close, I was like polishing off, I was turning in tasks, and I finally got the reputation. And then I realized I had forgotten a tier. From honored, you go to esteemed not celebrated so first I'm kindred right then I'm honored finally 
you don't honor your kindred you got to earn that I guess and then your kindred becomes esteemed and then eventually your kindred becomes celebrated so only 95,000 rep points to go to celebrate it so I'm tired of the waste and I've done all the other deeds in that area so what I did was I decided to retreat to Osgiliath uh, which I'd skipped over mostly with my hunter and also gives host of the west rep for some fresh old content since I hadn't done that in a while so I'm actually having fun running around Osgiliath with my hunter who's a little OP which is always fun for that kind of thing and uh, yeah we'll do it that way Bjorning is level 108, probably going to turn 109 with festival uh, quests over the next couple days. Champ's still sitting at level 71 doing nothing. RK is actually uh, 57 and did a few things in the waterworks recently. And also earned his Yule portrait frame for finishing more the merrier T3 deed. I don't know how many that is. It's like 100 quests around the Yule festival. Uh, you know, for most of my alts where I only do one or two quests a day, it uh, takes a while for me to earn that, maybe over the course of a couple seasons, but they do get there eventually. My Warden gained a level, I think, up to 44, and I realized I have a level 44 Warden who barely knows a single... Um, a single gambit that I can name off the top of my head. I mean, I can button push, and I kind of, once the graphic comes up, I'm like, oh yeah, that's one of those, or oh yeah, that's an extra. But uh, yeah, a very poorly trained warden at level 44, given how I've leveled him. I really think it's going to take, you know, me sitting down and doing 20 or 30 levels, concentrating on him to uh, gain that familiarity, which has not been a priority. My health, high health warden is level 20. Uh, still parked on the legendary server brag my guard is level 24 is currently questing in the lowlands at, at Oscar Ruth my captain is level 26 has completed the circle of blood and Harlog quest lines and is on to Agamar uh, during that time frame also you get invited to to move forward with the epic in the fires of the north even before you finish off the epic uh, quest lines around um, the Lonelands, you get invited to go talk to Candath and Esteldine, so we're going to save that one and do it later. You also receive vector quests from Oat Barton and Trestlebridge, so suddenly I've got options. One pet peeve I'll mention as I've been questing around Oskaruth and the Forsaken Inn, I think I've discussed this before, the task turn-ins for the boards in front of the Forsaken Inn and Oskaruth are not at a chest at the foot of the board as they are almost every place else. Instead, Instead, after you turn in a task at those task boards of Forsaken Inn and at Oskaruth, you have to run uh, in the Forsaken Inn into the inn itself, which means going through, you know, a glowy portal, uh, which can take some time, and loading in, and then turning in the task, and then running back out to the task board, and then turning it in inside. And uh, at Oskaruth, I think you have to run over to Frederick the Elder, or one of the guys over by the Smiths, basically nearby, to turn in your tasks which is a bit of a pain. Don't know why they don't have the same design on task boards everywhere in the game. Hey, SSG, how about it? Let me see. What else have we been doing? Other Tokian news. Well, I did notice also on Twitter this week that it's been 15 years since the triumphant release of Return of the King. 15 years since I went to Trilogy Tuesday, uh, where I saw all three films extended editions for the first two and then the new release of the return of the king back to back to back over the course of 10 hours in a movie theater and i actually won a trivia contest where i uh, received a lord of the rings trivia pursuit game which i still have in my basement that was exciting and uh, it wasn't because i knew that much trivia i mean yes i'm a tokian guy but i'm not like a super tokian lore guy it seemed like there weren't that many people that turned in the um the slip so there you have it. Uh, one thing I did see as a celebration of that movie um, milestone is a meme that was out showing Twilight, five movies, zero Oscars. Harry Potter, ten movies, zero Oscars. Lord of the Rings, three movies, 18 Oscars, or whatever the heck it was across the three with, uh, Lord, with The Return of the King scooping up most of those. I also did want to note on a related note that Peter Jackson did not direct 
but was heavily involved and produced uh, Mortal Engines, which this past week was a bit of a box office bomb. I think uh, they had a $200 million production budget from what I've heard, and they turned in, I think, like under $10 million in its opening weekend, something like that. Yuck. Um, I would say, first of all, it could be one of the worst possible weekends of the year to release with all the other quality movies that are out right now, so very poor timing. And also, I would say it seemed to be chronically under-marketed. Uh, I heard basically nothing about this movie until about three weeks before its release, and I stayed pretty much in tune with the movie industry, generally speaking, IMDb.com and all those other things. So, way to build the suspense for the Mortal Engines release, guys. Uh, I don't know if it's a good movie or not. Um, reviews seem to be middling, so if it's earned it, hopefully it will... Uh, you know, gain word of mouth and do decently and make back some of that budget. Um, it does seem to me like a movie that I'd want to watch at least on home video at some point in time, uh, but maybe not in the theaters with the crowd that's uh, that I'd mentioned earlier. So anyone there out there that's read the Mortal Engines books, I never have. If you like them, uh, send me a note. Let me know. I'd be interested in people's opinions of them. Uh, is it considered a YA series, meaning young adult literature, or is it a little more deep than that? And uh, how many books are there, and what you think of them? Give me a shout and let me know. But uh, before we do that, I think we better move on to our fourth beacon of Aralas. along with an ESPN sound effect, just for fun. Okay, so in Aralas this week, we are going to um, try to discover what exactly has been the change in the landscape of the western foothills of Angmar. I was very excited when I saw this release note that came out. And if I pull open the map of Angmar, right, and, and Angmar is just a good place to be around the holidays, right? you got the positive vibes going. You've got that uh, festive, crackling energy overhead, you know, evil though it may be. Um, so I've opened the map and I'm looking. I kind of expected this western foothills landscape to be uh, around the western edges of the map, nearby where Duncovad is and up into the hills leading up into Cardin Doom. I don't see any differences on the map, so maybe they haven't updated the map, or maybe it lies elsewhere. It could be that uh, they changed the areas of western Malinhad. Um, there is kind of some dead areas up behind uh, Tor Gelvin, Don, you know, in the Visage Falrod area around Donvale, kind of at the base of the mountains that hold Doom. There's some dead area on the map, so they might have developed that. I don't know. I don't know. And from the entrance of Og Hare, you don't see anything that indicates a change from my perspective of what it's been in years past. So. Uh, what I'm going to do now is get out into... Ooh, look, a platinum deposit. Let's pick that up. Hey, while I'm here, man, you never know when you're going to be raising another jeweler, right? All right. We won't delay for too many platinum deposits. That's going to take some time. But uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to climb up the western walls of Angmar. Now, those of you who used to listen to the Lodge Reporter know that uh, some people used to call them Angry Mar. I never did. Right? Angry Mar's got a bad rap. Uh, well, I guess I just did. But Angmar's got a bad rap. Alright, I'm driving up through the maddened hill beasts. The rock inside the cave is still empty. No back entrances. In Nad Nathair. Angmar's got a bad rap. You know, and when you hear people say why they don't like it, they're like, well, it's too depressing. Yeah, <laughs> it was before Mordor came out, supposed to be the most evil area in the entire game. That was kind of the whole idea. All right, so now I'm up in Nandathair, and uh, let me take a look around in here. So this is the spiraling kind of rock path that leads up the hills to get to the top where you find... Oh, what was the guy's name? It was uh, the dragon that uh, was the first touch of um, fellowship oh, uh, blood blood something it was the first fellowship quest area in Angmar so Angmar one of the reasons people don't like it is all the individual quest lines kind of lead up you know and culminate 
in a fellowship-wide quest to finish off the content. So, you know, people don't like that. They, you know, especially if you're playing it later in the development of the game, because you know you could do all that solo questing time, and uh, you get to the end of the quest line and you can't find. You know, you can't complete the story. You can't finish the quest line. You can't earn that content. If it, you know, when the first game first came out, I'm sure it was great. I'm sure people enjoyed it very much um, because there's lots of people out there running it, and it was easy to find a group to finish it off. But uh, once you had passed that initial push and moved on to Moria, people running through Angmar couldn't finish. So here I'm at Tazgal's tree. What's up, Tazgal? How's it going, bud? He's still hanging out. And um, oh. Lost my horse jumping through the puddle. Always happens. Um, so I think people are frustrated by the fact that you've got all those storylines in Angmar that you can't finish on your own, which is one of the things that uh, they don't like about this part of the game. I'm moving on from Ned Nathair. I did not notice any differences. I didn't go to the top of the hill, but uh, looking up at the sky, it didn't look like anything obvious as far as development of the western foothills. So now I'm running up above Tazgal's tree to the left. And I should probably come over the hill here shortly, which would disclose a view of Duncovad. Huh. Huh. Whoa, what is this? I see something I don't recognize here in Fasaslaran. So one of my great hopes when I heard this was like, do you think there's any chance they connected up Angmar to Forakel over the Iron Span. It is in the western foothills of Angmar, after all. Okay, so maybe this is nothing. This is I'm back in Nandathair again. I noticed a cleft in the rock that I forgot was there. <laughs> Ooh, that's a dangerous path. Yeah, I'm just up here amongst the withering fire drakes again. And yeah, I remember this dead end. I've been up here before. Ooh, look, a corpse. A glowing corpse. How'd that guy get up here past all those drakes? Oh no, I fell down the wall! Broken leg. I should have put on, you know, I have all these fall immunity things, which I never, ever use. But this is the exact scenario. When you're exploring like this, sometimes you go down. I'm going to put one of these bad boys on. And that gives me an hour and a half of protection from breaking the fall. And I am pleased with myself. Alright. So this this is an exciting segment for all you guys, I'm sure, at this point. Uh, given that I haven't found anything different from the game that's uh, ever been there. I have spotted a, a creature attempting to move stealthily about. As, as is wont to happen here in Angmar, you find a lot of those silent stalker wolves. Alright, now I'm heading up the hill. On my right, I can see the buildings where the Stone of Kluklath is normally is normally chilling. Bypassing those. Now I'm coming up on Iron Crown Scouts. Other, otherwise known as Iron Clown Krauts. See, this is a little view for the viewers into what it would be like to follow Bragg in a Twitch stream. <laughs> Not so much fun. Alright, so now I am at the entrance to Duncovad. It said changes to the western foothills, so I don't even know if it's worth running up through the town. But I'm going to do it. It's been a while since I've been here anyway. Alright, here's the area where basically the the solo questing would end and the fellowship questing would begin I'm starting to hear that breathy Angmar stuff going on in the background as people go it's like stop breathing on me halitosis babe alright lots of iron crown keepers and warriors now what not everyone realizes is that if you penetrate Duncovad far enough to the west and the north, you come upon 
the secret stairwell to the back entrance of Doom, which is a fun little area which I'm sure you had to fight your way up to in previous years and I thought maybe there was a chance that this was oh they didn't like that I think I passed a watcher yeah they had to put one here too so there is a watcher which I assume if you have not completed the epic quest line to uh, understand the nature of the hearthstones would slay you I am now heading up the deep chasm paths that lead up the back way of Karndum. And I've done this before in another podcast. I remember like standing atop a good vantage point looking down. And that's another hope here is if I actually head up this... <clears throat> oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to increase my mount speed. i got 23 of those buffs. <laughs> there we go. That should help as well. So my hope is that if I get up here, even if the new Western Angmar playable area isn't up the back stairwell, <coughs> I might gain a vantage point which would allow me to see the territory with a bit more detail and spot some of the changes. So I found my first opening and I can see all the way down to Duncombe Vale and I don't see any modifications there that I can detect. Now here's a much bigger break. I can see almost all the way up to the top of the hill where Bell Boglock should stand. Uh, so there's a big defile that's going down below me with some murky water. It's not green like the water in Eastern Angmar. I can see the fields outside of Duncombeville. Huh. Interesting. Now on my left as I uh, approach, there's another giant watching stone, a fell watching stone. And he's going to let me pass because he knows what's up. He doesn't want me to beat on him. You know, if you mouse over him, you can actually... Not a watching stone. Wow, you can you can click on the watching stone guy up here. You can examine him and get a big eye. Ooh. I may be level 120, but I just lost about I'd say 40% of my hit points to the gloom from the fell watching stone, which is much more significant. Okay, we got another break up here with a view. Let me take a look. Ooh, it's a long way down. Um, so I see... I see a large area down there, which I think if I could see the detail of it, would just be the farms of Duncovad with the area behind it where you get the black coal mine. Although, you know, it looks like it looks like there's maybe some hills behind. Let me look at the map. Behind the area of Tor Galvin, or up past uh, the little dwarf, uh, the orc camps up there for, um, what do you call them? You know it, right? Past Fail Crow, there's some orc camps up in Fasaj Felrod, um, back beyond Donvale, and I see some, I see some foot, I think those might be some further developed foothills, because here I am at the entrance to Doom. there's a big gate here, an iron gate, I have the key, so it's going to unlock for me, ha 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 ha, and here I am inside of Doom. ooh, and the eye is back. The eye is back, baby. All right, we're gonna. I'm gonna ride over to those foothills and see if that's a new area that's under discussion. But I'm not gonna make you listen to me do that. I'll be right back. Okay, I think I know what's up now. Uh, yes, it appears that the area behind Torgalvin has been opened up. If you look at your map, 
Yeah, if you check out your map, the area up above Torgelvin, which never, I don't believe, gosh, unless I could be wrong about this, I don't think I am, though. Um, basically, on the on the map between Fasasforad and Imlad Balkorth on the right, there is now a vantage point above Torgelvin that I don't remember being there before. Uh, there's now Iron Crown Fighter over here. Basically, I can look back towards Oghair all the way up to the, the mountains that scale it, and as I look to my left, I can see the beginning of the salt flats of Malinhad. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of a cool view, actually. We might have to take a picture of that. Hang on. Oh, I need a picture for the podcast cover. How about it? Which is the best view? Probably this one. Back to the right. Now we gotta turn off our graphics, and then we're gonna maybe turn sideways. Alright, we get right over there. And then we turn that way into a dish one. And it's kinda cool. Alright, we can pick amongst those later. I need my. Yeah. Alright, so now I'm riding around. There's uh, definitely some stone structures up here. Uh, looks like a little nice little area for dwarf iron deposits. I'm going to climb and see how high I can get up on this hill. And see if it connects actually up until the Bell, the Bell Boglock area. So, I guess the big question is why did they do this? You know, what's the priority? And obviously. With people on the lore server where uh, cap level area is 50, giving them more to do up here is kind of a cool idea. Ooh, wow, I'm high now. Let me see if I got a view over the other side. Uh, so from up here I can see um, the cliffs where uh, Doom are sticking out to the north. And just to my east, I can see the outside of the plateau where the southern edge of Imlad Balkworth, where Ram Taltorth is, and Bail Boglock. And I think I can ride down there if I wanted to. So, uh, you know, it's good to open up areas for people that. Ooh, this guy's. What are you doing on. <laughs> Scout, like, sitting on top of a rock at the top of the top of the highest point he found the vantage point same as I did so the real question is are there any new quests around this area that you can get directed to from Og Hare uh, nothing's gonna pop for me at this point even given that I'm level 120 okay so there's a little farmhouse here with some outer buildings like stables or uh, guest houses and I am heading east to see how this connects up with the rest of the landmass so yeah basically I'm riding around they haven't updated the map but I'm riding around in the kind of the blank area that's north of Malinhad like there's some pretty high cliffs to the north of me. I'm not sure if they're going to let me go any far north. So if you could penetrate this area before, I don't I don't remember it. Maybe it was always um, kind of built out, but they never, you know, they had it like rocked off or something like that so that it, you couldn't get into it before. And they just said, why, why bother? We might as well open it up for people to explore. All right, so now I'm on a rock overlooking um, Rem Tentorth. And uh, Bell Boglock, there's actually some cool scenes up here. So I can see the big bridge that goes across. Um, so if you do the quest, um, you know, the heart of the, the one where the Oghair NPC's sister is trapped and you have to free her heart by like calling out the sorceress from Bell Boglock. It's another small fellowship, I think, actually, pretty tough area. And uh, you've got to run from the bottom. There's a little hill that you run up, and then you run across an iron span that goes over a cleft, and you come upon the sorcerer's castle. Oh, my horse doesn't like it. 
so this is uh, pretty cool to see this vantage on this area of the map that I haven't been to before. There's some rocks overlooking it. I'm trying to see if there's a way to safely get down from this perspective or if it's only going to be one way. Uh, let's, yeah, I can do this. Okay. We'll go down here. And now I'm now entering Eastern Malinhad. Well, there's a little bit of a blur. Like the system's like, I'm not sure you should be doing that. And here's an entrance to Bellbog Lock. Through the might actually be easier if you're going to do this quest you can get right up to the um, the sorceress's thing if you know the way without having to fight your way across the bridge and up the ramp and all that stuff yeah I think that's it I think that's the what they were talking about as far as I can tell so interesting um, again I like it. I, you know, as long as they're mixing it in with new content and other stuff that people are asking for, you know, whenever they want to go back and renovate some of these old areas of the game, is uh, fine by me. Give people an area to go back and take a look and explore. Um, be even better if they were able to link it into some quest lines to give people a reason to go there beyond just checking out the new views. I'm going to make sure I can head from this area west, up where it was before. Oh, this is kind of neat. So I'm on the hill above Belboglock, heading back up to the region I was in previously. And now I can see Imlad Balkorth behind me. Let me just go take a snap snapshot down here. No! No! Oh, no! <laughs> so fall immunity does not help you. <laughs> If you glitch out and then go over the edge when you come back on. I think the game's like, you're not supposed to be here. I know where you're supposed to be, and you're not supposed to be here. Anyway, from that view, I had a nice little uh, view of the um, the falls uh, coming down to Imlad Balkorth with the green slime coming over from Helchgam's Day Spa. And I have now reappeared in the wonderful respawn point of Merkworth. Uh, which is halfway across the map, which would be interesting because that ported me. I wonder if you didn't have the Watching Stones quest and hadn't passed that, if it would st instead send you back to the Spawn Circle of Og Hare. Otherwise, this would be a nice little bypass. So, uh, anyway, interesting. That is the exploration of, uh, of Angmar. And I guess I'll just sum up by saying... You know, to me, I, I think the place is a master place, masterpiece from the sound to the darkness to the vistas uh, to the variation in the landscapes you get as you as you um, explore the different regions and head, head north. And it's got all these fun little out-of-the-way secret hidey holes for, uh, you know, for um, Bogbereth and for the other uh, landscape bosses in Imlad Balkorth. You've got the the library of Mulrock that's up the hidden way up there. You've got Dolroth on the east. You've got the seven, uh, the seven swords quest line, which penetrates the whole region, uh, right up to finding Garth, Garth Forth near the spider tunnels, the secret back stair um, that's on the eastern side of Angmar, which takes you past past the Caithling the spider on your way to uh, penetrating to the the very doors of Carn uh, Doom. And the Iron Gate from the back way. I, I just, uh, I love the feel of it. Um, I know people get depressed and want to go, like, bounce across the Shire and do fun stuff. But uh, to me, I seem to enjoy the darker parts of the game. People hate Moria. Moria is my favorite game zone of all time. People hate Angmar. I think it was one of the best done areas of the game and met and exceeded my expectations in many ways. Um... You know, the architecture of it, the feel of it, the soundscapes, and the challenge. So, anyway, that's why I love Angry Mar. And that's, uh, if you get a chance, uh, work your way up into the foothills there, the western foothills I just described. Hopefully hopefully my voiceover would to, gives you a good clue of how to get there. And check out some of the new views. Um, I don't know what value in gameplay has been added behind beyond maybe gaining a backdoor entry into Bell Boglock. Uh, unless there are some quests there from Og Hare that you can pick up when you're at lower level. 
that would direct you up that way. But um, I think it's a nice addition to open up the map and provide some additional pathways uh, that people haven't used before. So enjoy. And with that, we'll move on with our next beacon. The fifth beacon of Minrimon. And now for the original weekly sponsor segment, this week's show is brought to you by the official Argonoth Treetopper Recall. Yes, Gondorian Trash Productions, per its recent legal settlement, is issuing a recall for the Argonoth Christmas Tree Topper accessory. As it turns out, the models are not constructed from granite, mined from the quarries of Amon Han and Amon Law. The prototypes were too heavy and crushed the trees they were placed on, but instead were manufactured using substandard polystyrene from Hirad, which as it turns out is highly flammable. We wish to offer a formal apology to those who may have allegedly lost their trees, homes, and in some cases entire settlements to this unexpectedly deadly household product, uh, especially the towns of Archette and Martin. Uh, you know, gosh knows you don't need to go through that again. And as it turns out, the warning that the ancient kings of Gondor proffered with their outraised hands should have been accompanied by a warning label on the box of sales speaking to the flammable properties of the product. If you wish to join the class action settlement that is in process in regards to these items, just allocate a class trait point from your trait tree to the appropriately marked box on your skills panel. And to those impacted, we wish you a very merry yuletide and suggest you seek out Noel Barrett in Winterhome for emergency housing options. This has been the official Argonath Tree Topper Recall. That brings us to the sixth beacon of Callanhad. And for the sixth beacon, uh, since I uh, didn't actually prepare anything, I, I gave a segment to Grima because he asked for it. Shut up, Grima. And uh, he didn't do anything. So um, in retribution for that, and because exactly nobody has asked for it, I am going to play uh, Going to the Vaults. I'm going back to the vaults of Light the Beacons, where we will play um, a Christmas tune that uh, was sang by Gollum, Treebird, and Grima. Uh, was it one year ago? Two years ago? Several years ago. My favorite, The Little Drummer Boy. Please enjoy. This is stupid. Somebody told me. I need a ring to say. It was my birthday present. Oh, sure it was. He gave to me. So I held him tight. Yeah, I bet you did. With all my might. Oh my gosh. Disgusting. But bag and stole from me. He has all tricked This is dumb, 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 dumb. But his finger was yummy. Oh, come on, really? And then I danced with glee. Until I got to speak. Come on, really. Me and Okay, as I said, from the vault, it's an oldie, but it's also uh, an oldie. And uh, that brings us to the seventh beacon of Halifurian. We ran out of time to squander. It's time for. Blessed relief! I am officially slamming the door on the 93rd episode of Light the Beacons. I would love to hear your plaudits, feedback, rants, diatribes, and most of all, your constructive critique. 
You can contact me at braggsonofbound at gmail.com. That's brag with two A's. The second A stands for Armistice. So let's have peace during the holidays. Facebook or Twitter, braggsonofbound, or my website at lightthebeacons.com, where you can post comments directly on the podcast. I kindly request you to take the time to create an iTunes review, like Palm de Or did, if perchance you were so inclined, I would very much appreciate it. And more importantly, on top of that, I did want to mention uh, a special shout-out and thank you to the viewer who asked me if it would be possible to spread my podcast to Android devices. And I was like, no, that sounds like a lot of work. No, that would be a pain in the neck. Boy, that you know, that's why I haven't done it for 93 episodes. You know what? It took about uh, 10, 15 minutes to figure out and get submitted. And uh, from what I have heard, Google Play has accepted my podcast, and it should be available on Google Play probably by the time this uh, podcast comes out. So I do not have an Android device to test it. If you have an Android device and you would like to let me know if that feed is working, I do very much appreciate it. For all of those viewers who have been waiting all this time to be able to Google Play, Light the Beacons, it is now available. And I would love to get reviews out on Google Play for Android devices to let Lotro players that uh, only use that platform know that they, too, can set fire to Amandine and send a red arrow to Rohan asking for uh, romance, adventure, drama, horror, thriller, war movies, and uh, other podcast tidbits. So, uh, big news on Light the Beacons. Google Play coming soon to a um, device, an Android device near you and or next to you and or wherever you happen to be viewing. So um, please do leave me a Google Play review when you get a chance and spread the word. If your comments incite me to forsake my legendary Bjorning myopathy, I will try to include them in the next podcast or at least respond in some way. I hope you laughed, either at or with me. I hope you might have learned at least a little something you didn't know before or perhaps looked at the game with a slightly silly perspective. And most of all, I hope you enjoy your holiday week in Middle Earth. Uh, this is Bragg, the son of Balin, reminding you that if it ain't Baruch, don't fix it. And remember, as the holidays loom, it's supposed to be a time of good cheer. But six out of seven dwarves are not happy. So if you are in that proverbial wagon, don't despair like the beacons. Happy holidays to y'all. Uh, remember, Die Hard, 5, or Die Hard is a Christmas movie, and I will see y'all in the new year. Catch you then.